Welcome to another edition of Talk to the Experts. I'm David Curtin, and uh, once again, we're with the great folks at AgriCity, empowering farmers, transforming agribusiness. And today, we're talking with Tyler Gullen, the agronomy manager uh, for AgriCity Crop and Nutrition. And so every time we have the, the great folks from AgriCity on Talk to the Experts, we talk about the different challenges that farmers are facing, sometimes in the different areas of, uh, of the province or, or the prairies. And today, we're going to be talking about uh, managing and controlling herbicide-resistant wild oats, and there are a number of ways in which we can do this. But Tyler, let's start out. Uh, tell me what makes wild oats such a problem weed. Yeah, wild oats have really been a pain for farmers for decades, and you know they've routinely ranked near the top of the weed surveys conducted by you know the, the researchers in Western Canada every year. And part of that is due to the fact that I mean Western Canada is still considered the breadbasket of the world, and we grow millions and millions of acres of cereals every year, which are inherently difficult to remove grassy weeds from. Um, you know, there's been some amazing selective herbicides developed over the years to kill wild oats and wheat and barley, which still blows my mind a little bit every time I deal with it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, wild oats are still just a hardy and difficult weed to kill, and, and they've continued to be a problem even despite all these, these great products. Uh, you know, one of the reasons is they're such a pain is that the wild oat seed can stay dormant in the seed bank for a relatively long time, uh, which makes it really tough to eradicate them from some of those problem fields compared to some of the shorter-lived weed seeds, like something like kochia that we talked about uh, few weeks ago. Um, you know, generally the, the seed in the top portion of the soil will germinate first in a year, with seed lower in the soil kind of biding its time, waiting to emerge, and it can really stay viable for a significant number of years before, you know, a soil disturbance like tillage or something like that kind of brings it close to the top of the soil and, and lets it germinate. So it can really take a long time to clean up a field that's been a problem in the past. And it really doesn't take too many, you know, misses the sprayer to create a problem again either as Studies show that some of the you know, really heavy population of, of wild oats can produce up to 20,000 seeds per square meter. Ooh. But uh, you know, the biggest problem with, with wild oats is that they're extremely competitive with the crop. Uh, well, the Saskatchewan Guide to Crop Protection suggests that even just 50 wild oat plants per square meter can reduce a wheat yield by up to 37%. Wow, that's huge. Uh, you, yeah. you mentioned herbicide control uh, of these weeds. Are there, are there good chemical control options for wild oats? Yeah, as I mentioned, there really have been some, some great products developed over the years for wild oat control, but there is starting to be a little bit of resistance uh, build up to many of these products. So, you know, in the past, there was a lot of reliance on some of the Group 8 herbicides, like Gowan's Avidex. And, you know, a lot of this was used, and resistance started to develop all across Western Canada. That still exists in populations where, you know, this product hasn't been used in a really long time. Um, group 1 herbicides then took over with products like Syngenta's Horizon or UPL Select. and So those worked really well, but uh, you know, as a result of the high use of them, there's now a relatively high number of acres that are dealing with Group 1 resistant wild oats in the prairies. Uh, and, you know, kind of from there, there was a few other Group 2 products came along for wild oat control, such as um, Corteva's Simplicity. Uh, and as a result, there's now wild oats resistant to that Group 2 chemistry in Western Canada as well. So, I mean, it really just, the resistance has really just uh, tracked the use patterns of, of all these different modes. Um, so now there's populations out there showing up with metabolic resistance that, you know, are resistant to Group 1, 2, and 8 resistant wild oats in the same population, which is really most of the options we, we currently have for wild oat control. And the latest numbers I've seen from the weed surveys conducting Saskatchewan, for example, were that 60% of fields with wild oats now have Group 1 resistance. 
and 32% have group 2 resistance, and 25% have resistance to both group 1 and 2, mm. and the percentages are even higher if you look at uh, a province like Manitoba. And, you know, speaking of Manitoba, there's a population there now resistant to group 1, 2, 8, 14, and 15, mm. which is basically getting to be all the options we, we currently have in Canada. So really the only other option that we have is glyphosate, and, you know, luckily that's that's really been working well in uh, Canada so far, but they did recently identify populations of wild oat in Australia that are resistant to glyphosate as well, which is really a road that uh, we need to avoid here. Man, I'm doing face palms as you're saying this. It's <laughs> <laughs> a scary thought. Are, are there other options coming then? Yeah, so far it doesn't really look like there's going to be any new modes of action, uh, at least in the short to midterm for controlling wild oats. So I think it's really important uh, for the time being that we use the tools as effectively as we can to really prevent the problem from getting worse and, and really delay the, the spread of resistance as much as we can. So Tyler, what are some of the ways then that we can use these uh, tools effectively? Yeah, I think the most important thing in my opinion is really to rotate the herbicide groups that we have. So as much as possible, get multiple effective modes of action on every acre every year and rotate through them so you're really not relying on one herbicide group. Um, you know, we've really all heard for years that crop rotation is important for a lot of reasons, but uh, I think for, for wild oat herbicides, as there really are limited groups registered on each crop that we, each major crop that we grow here, that uh, you know, rotating crops across an acre over time is a really good way to get different modes of action on that acre. Uh, Tyler Gullen is the agronomy manager for AgriCity Crop and Nutrition. If you ever have questions for Tyler, you can call him and all the other agronomy man, uh, people at 1-844-269-3276, 1-844-269-3276, or go to agricity.com. Uh, you talked about these uh, options. What are some of these options in crop? Sure. Um, why don't we start with wheat? So I really consider wheat itself to be a great tool to fight herbicide mm. resistance in general is you know, the crop we have in Canada that's tolerant to the most different herbicide groups. So you can really use that wheat acre every year to diversify your herbicide rotations. Um, so when it comes to grassy weeds and wheat, there's a lot of really good group one options out there, such as Aurora from AgriCity, which is the same active ingredient as, as Horizon from Syngenta. So um, there's also group two options, such as AgriCity's Himalaya, which is the same active ingredient as UPL's uh, Everest 3.0. So you know, these are both really excellent options for controlling wild oats and fields without resistance to the respective groups. So, for example, if you've been using a group one like uh, Syngenta's Axial Horizon in your wheat for a lot of years, it might be a good time to switch in a different group like the one in Himalaya uh, to get that group two in there. And to go a step further, though, a uh, really exciting option that Niagara City is offering this year is applying Himalaya as part of your pre-seed burn. Uh, so we do have registration now with the reduced rate that does. Uh, safe to apply with glyphosate at a pre-seed burn timing before your spring wheat. And it really adds that second effective mode of action to your glyphosate to help reduce the resistance pressure on that glyphosate alone so we don't end up in, you know, kind of the resistance uh, uh, issues seen in other parts of the world. Um, so the Himalaya works really well in the, the wild oats at that timing, and it also has extended suppression of wild oats at this timing to help keep the wheat fields clean while your crop gets established and off to a great start and you know, really better compete with the, those later flushes of wild oats that come a little later on. Um, it's a really exciting option this year, and it, that's really an important time agronomically to keep that yield potential of your wheat. So um, you can really, you know, might lead to some better yields at the end of the year. So I really like that option for that reason. It's also really nice as a time management point of view as well. So if you can keep those wild oat pressures down 
with that extended activity for as long as you can kind of means you don't need to rush back into the field for your in-crop herbicide application and you, know, you don't need to lose as much sleep if the sprayer gets chased out of the field by wet weather. That sounds like a, a really, really good option. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, I think agronomically speaking, makes a lot of sense in my opinion. And, uh, you know, getting that group two option mm-hmm. on a pre-seed time allows you to come back in with your group one option like Aurora in-crop to clean up any remaining flushes of wild oats. So you're getting those three effective modes of action then on that acre between, you know, the glyphosates and the group one and the group two. Um, you know, we've all heard for a long time how important it is to mix up modes of action for resistant management from a broadleaf weed perspective. And, you know, that's really equally true for grass weeds too, but it's just been a little less feasible kind of in part to mostly cost restraints. So, you know, traditionally some of these grass herbicides have often been priced over $20 an acre, which makes it really too expensive to spray multiple modes in the same year. But uh, AgriCity has come out with these really exciting options to allow for these best practices that's a really economical cost. So, um, you know, if you look at products like the, the M2 Extra Pack, where you get your Himalaya plus Empower Extra, which is the same active as FMC's Express, uh, for your pre-seed burndown. And then you also get uh, that Aurora for your in-crop herbicide application to, you know, um, get both all those modes of action in kind of at a fraction of a cost of what some other companies are charging just for their in-crop grass herbicide alone. So hmm. it's a really good option there. You know, similarly, we also have the M2 Battle Pack, which same... Uh, kind of idea has the Himalaya component for the wild oats, plus Battlefront, which is the same active as Corteva's prepass for your broadleaf weeds. Um, that can be applied with your glyphosate for a really excellent pre-seed burn. And then again, comes that Aurora for a, a different mode of action for in-crop wild oat control. And, and again, all at a cost less than the in-crop grass herbicides from some other companies. So I'm really excited for these options this year to help farmers with wild oat resistance on their farm. And, uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of different mixtures of chemicals, so you can always uh, give us a call to hear more about these options. Yeah, but it sounds like you could uh, save them a lot of money. The number to call, of course, to hear more, more about these options is 1-844-269-3276 or visit agricity.com. I am here with Tyler Gullen, the Agronomy Manager for AgriCity Crop and Nutrition, and we'll be back in just a moment and talk to the experts on 980 CJME and a 650 CKLBAM. We are back on Talk to the Experts as we talk about managing herbicide-resistant wild oats uh, using multiple modes of action. I'm talking with Tyler Gullen, and he's the agronomy manager for AgriCity Crop and Nutrition. you ever have questions about uh, what uh, Tyler and I are talking about, you can call them 1-844-269-3276 or go to agricity.com. Before the break, Tyler, we were talking about wild oat control with, with those multiple modes of action in wheat. Now, what about other crops? Yeah, for sure. So I think peas is another crop where uh, you know there's fewer options of products, but still some really good ways to get multiple herbicide groups on that acre. So you know as we talked about, glyphosate still really effective on wild oats. The pre-seed burn timing. Then once you get in crop, there are group one and two herbicides that are effective on wild oats as well. Uh, so for example, AgriCity has products like Samurai, which is the same active ingredients as BASF Solo ADV. Uh, and this is a really nice activity on many broadleaf weeds as well as wild oats. Um, but, you know, with the amount of resistance already out there, I really like to recommend adding additional grass weed herbicide as well with it. So, um, so AgriCity came out with Samurai Master, which adds the product Independence, which is the same active ingredient as UPL's Select. So this way you can improve your grass weed performance and get multiple modes of action on that acre to reduce the risk of developing resistance. Um, you know, AgriCity has made it really affordable to do so as this Copac doesn't really add much additional cost over just the Samurai itself. So it's a really nice option there as well. 
there is testing available now for resistance to, to different forms of group one herbicide as well that you know so if you have dim or fop resistance in your farm that you know, we don't really need to get into but you know if you're aware that you have dim or fop resistance in your farm agri-city has other co-pack options as well with different herbicides for peas that uh, uh, within that group one herbicide space to be able to find the right fit for your farm. So things such as Taipan, which has a group two herbicide uh, with the same active ingredients as Odyssey from BASF, plus the group one in Corteva is Assure 2. So you get a different type of germinicide on your farm to potentially delay that resistance as well. So it gets really detailed, uh, but you know you can always call in AgriCity at 1-844-269-3276 and talk it through with one of our agronomists or sales staff. Yep, that'll take a bunch of time to talk that through. That number again is 1-844-269-3276. Tyler, we haven't talked about canola yet. What options are there for canola? Yeah, so I think canola is another crop where there's really limited options for grass products, but there are still options for sure. So, you know, Roundup Ready Canola has the advantage that glyphosate is still effective in wild oats in Canada. So, you know, if you've got fields of group one and two resistant wild oats, which is kind of spreading across the prairies, that rotating to this herbicide system of the, the Roundup Ready Canola will really help to clean up that field. Um, so when you do, I generally recommend going in with the split application when you make your in-crop herbicide application. And that just allows you to clean up the wild oats that emerged early in the crop with that first application of, you know, AgriCity's disruptor glyphosate. And then come back in with that second application, you know, if it rains, you get another flush of, of wild oats before the canopy closes, you can come back in and clean them up there. So, um, you know, as we talked about, wild oats are so competitive that it's really important to get them out of the crop when they're small so they don't reduce your yield potential there. Um, so, you know, that's the Roundup Ready canola. If you look at the Liberty Link canola, it's a little trickier. So, I mean, there is no known resistance to uh, Liberty's herbicide group in Canada, but the active ingredient really isn't all that strong in wild oats. So, as a result, you know, I, I always recommend adding in an additional grass weed herbicide to the tank. Um, so, you know, AgriCity has something like Independence that we talked about, same active as uh, ingredient as BASF Centurion, and that's really a great addition to that uh, to that glufosinate herbicide there as well. So Niagara City has bigger herbicide, which is the same active ingredient as BASS Liberty. And that combination of the vigor plus independence is really a great economical way to help remove wild oats from your Liberty Link canola. Um, yeah, so really as there's different herbicide groups available in these different systems, I really like rotating between those two different systems is a great way to further extend your rotation on any given farm to really prevent some of that resistance, uh, that herbicide resistance buildup. So um, you know, there's really some great genetics from both those systems that fit every farm. So if you have Roundup Ready canola on acre one year, then the next time you come back to canola on that acre, if you can switch to a Liberty Link variety, it will really help to get a few different modes of action on that acre over time. Tyler Gullen, the agronomy manager for AgriCity Crop and Nutrition, empowering farmers, transforming agribusiness. You can always call at 1-844-269-3276 or go to their website, agricity.com. So that's canola. What about other crops, uh, Tyler? Yeah, so I think most of the crops that we majorly grow in Western Canada are unfortunately limited to the Group 1 herbicides. So, you know, for example, barley, pretty much limited to the Group 1 herbicides like AgriCity's Hellcat, which is the same active ingredient as Bayer's Puma Advance. Um, and, you know, a lot of the other specialty crops like flax or chickpeas or mustards, you know, they're, they're fairly limited to Group 1 products as well, such as, you know, that independence we talked about or, or AgriCity's Quiz, which is the same actives as, as UPL's, um, you know, Select and uh, Corteva's Assure too, kind of respectively. So, um, you know, for these crops, I think it's especially important to really get a good crop rotation in place to control the wild oats in the previous year's crops to help reduce the pressure that year. 
Um, so, you know, as we talked about with wheat, uh, it could be you know, grow wheat kind of year one on that acre using the M2 extra pack to get control of group one and two wild oats in that crop. You know, then rotate to Roundup Ready Canola to get multiple applications of glyphosate on the wild oats in that year. You know, maybe rotate to peas the following year to get Samurai Master in there and again get group one and two activity on the wild oats. And that would really have multiple years of really good control on that wild oats to get them under control before they, you know, get into something like a flax or barley that have more limited wild oat options. Man, you got a, it's a bad day for a farmer when they realize they've got a wild oat challenge. Is there anything else that we can do about wild oats? Yeah, for sure. I and mean, definitely uh, is a big challenge, but there are some other things we can do. So, you know, besides rotating crops and herbicides, cultural control is going to be really important to maintain the herbicides we have as well. Uh, an effective tool that I like to recommend is delaying seeding a little bit, which sounds a little crazy to everyone chopping at the bit to get going <laughs> in the spring. But, you know, you can really use it on those fields that you know are going to be a problem that year for, for those wild oats. So, you know, seed the rest of your acres first and then come back in to let these, do these fields last. So that way you can get a really good burn down of these weeds with the glyphosate um, and, you know, with the Himalaya before the crop gets, goes in really get a reduced weed stand to deal with in that crop and there are a lot of great varieties out there with shorter maturities now that you know will still mature in time for the harvest in the fall um the wild oats really show the greatest impact on yields and they emerge prior to crop emergence so really if you can get that first flush going get it burned down lay your seeding a little bit come back in and uh you know really help to get them under control the other method that I like to recommend is adjusting your seeding rates. So, you know, if you can crank your seeding rates up a little bit, that should really help your crop compete better with the wild oats and, and you know, preserve the yield potential of that crop as well. Uh, third, I think, you know, make sure you have proper fertility on your farm. So getting the crop off to a really good fast start is important to help it compete as well. So, um, you know, something like, you know, AgriCity has microfoss, which, uh, you know, helps uh, make more of that phosphorus in your field uh, available for the plant really help. It's really important early in the season, especially in kind of some cooler temperatures, to really get that crop off to a good, strong start and uh, help it start compete with those wild oats. And finally, I think just good field scouting and record keeping is always really important. So definitely after you make your in-crop herbicide applications, you know, walk those fields two or three weeks later and just make sure the weeds are dying where they should be. If you're starting to see some patterns pop up where the wild oats aren't quite dying like they should after the application, Good idea to identify those patches earlier so you can enact some better strategies for the following year. Tyler, fantastic information, man. Thanks for this. Yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Tyler Gullen is the agronomy manager for AgriCity Crop and Nutrition. You have more questions? Call them 1-844-269-3276. I'm David Curtin. You've been listening to Talk to the Experts on 980 CJME and a 650 CKOM.